With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. This is Finding Founders, a podcast showcasing the vibrant entrepreneurial spirit of Los Angeles and my journey to find the founders responsible. So I like to go to the gym and stay somewhat healthy. And whenever I'm looking at a choice between two products, take pancakes, for example, I always feel like I'm choosing between eating something healthy that will taste like cardboard or something that will be a beautiful blend of sugary symphonies, but will clog my heart and promptly give me a heart attack. Apparently, I'm not the only one that faced this dilemma. I'm Samuel Dodder, and today on the show, we talk to Marcel Salapa, the man who solved this dilemma. That summer, when we launched Foros, I was leaving for Paris to study abroad. Over the course of the time that I was in Paris was when the business actually started taking off, and it was like $9.99, which I, th- I thought was like a really fair price. But sales started picking up, and it was quickly very clear that we were going to run out of inventory. You have to keep stock on Amazon, or you're screwed. So I start raising the price. At first, it was like $13, and I was like, oh, fuck, like no one's going to buy. People are still buying. I raised it to $15. I was like, there's no way anybody's paying $15 for this mix people were buying even more i raised it all the way to twenty dollars and there was just enough demand at twenty dollars that there was a 10 that i was like all right i found my price (laughs) although life began in los angeles marcel's mom is french so he had quite an unconventional childhood he got to travel the world and see more in his first few years than most people see in a lifetime Because they were traveling so fervently, his early education came directly from his parents, which he attributes to him feeling way smarter than everybody. (laughs) For a while, the family settled in Argentina. You said something about traveling a bit. Was there ever a point when you were living abroad? If so, what was that like? That is our own Charlotte Isadore. When I was 10 years old, we lived in Argentina, in Buenos Aires. I, I was just like super social, always. And I remember not speaking any Spanish and like going up to these like little like Argentinian kids like in a park playing soccer with them if you know anything about argentinian kids they're fucking good at soccer and if you know anything about white kids uh we got two left feet so um i definitely got schooled but i just remember having so much fun and there's like a lot of little experiences like that with like my family getting into mischief travel provided marcel with a constantly changing environment forcing him to meet new people and adapt to new ways of life His unconventional childhood cultivated an outgoing personality, which set him apart from his peers early on. Eventually, Marcel and his family settled back down in Los Angeles, and he started fifth grade in a mainstream school. But he quickly realized he was far ahead of his classmates and school was a breeze. What in high school changed for me being like this kid who was like almost like a prodigy, um, you know, <laughs> way, way ahead of his time to being like typical teenager who, you know, struggles in high school like we all do. What changed in your life to make things a little bit harder on you? I think I always thought it was cool to be a slacker. Even when I was doing good in school, I was always trying to cut corners. I don't know why. I just thought like trying was lame. But then I think most notably, my parents split up when I was... 13 and it was like a pretty nasty divorce so i had very little supervision in high school which i took to full advantage but i think that things kind of got sidelined i still always did 
decent in school. So my dad, he was a geography and history teacher and a professor. I would learn so much just at home. So it would be like, you know, I'm in history class and we're talking about like World War II and it's like, I already know all of this stuff. I fooled around a lot. High school, I think like everybody, you start to experiment with different things. And I think I kind of got in with a little bit of a bad crowd and that definitely started to reflect itself in my school performance. And I think it was pretty quick to realized that I wasn't going to go to college or I wasn't going to go to a good college. Do you think that was because like directly with what was happening with your parents or do you think it was also you wanting to rebel a little bit? In retrospect, it, it seems like it makes perfect sense. Home doesn't feel very good. No one's really checking up on me. I can sleep over at whoever's house I want to. So I'm just going to be out naturally. I was hung out with like kids that were older than me. I think I got thrown into situations where it was really easy to be the, the young kid that wants to catch up with everybody. I think that just like reflects itself in a lot of you know my academic performance and extracurriculars that I just bailed on I was kind of serious about soccer and I was on varsity our, our sophomore year and I just bailed because I was just like screw this like I want to hang out with my friends and smoke weed it wasn't until a banterous trip to Vegas that Marcel realized something has to change me and some friends just went to like Vegas because his mom like had some hookup. So we stayed in this like huge suite at the Venetian. And it was just me and like three of my best friends. And when you the, were 15? When I was 15. <laughs> and um, so we um, were doing what, you know, every group of 15 year old kids would do. And we were just, you know, getting wasted and like having a good time in Vegas. And I very clearly I remember I was in a bathroom in this really cool hotel and it was like had mirrors everywhere. And so everybody's getting ready. And I was just in the bathroom like still just like sitting there and I'm looking at myself in the mirror then I just remember being like that's not me that's just not the type of person I want to be like what am I doing here it was like something had shifted in my mind and when I got back I kind of had a little bit of panic attack something just changed in the course of like two weeks I felt like a completely different person and to exemplify that even more I remember I had this long shaggy hair and I never wanted to cut it because it was just like my look and then I remember one day I just called over my buddy and I was like dude you have that set of clippers come over and he just shaved my head <laughs> so almost and, like a symbolic yeah thing. it was like a symbolic thing like it didn't feel that way in the moment it just felt like i was like i want to get rid of this hair but like in the course of the next few months i like ditched all my old friends and started hanging out with some some people that i thought were more in line with my my interests of just kind of wanting to improve that was probably some of the start of the entrepreneurial stuff too marcel was still dealing with the aftermath of his parents divorce and this change of heart came at the right time he realized that if he wanted something, he would have to get it himself. So part of, you know, my parents splitting up was that it was it was really nasty because divorces can kind of happen in like one or two ways. Like either you split up and it's real nice or like the financials can really screw everyone. So my my family, we were, you know, very middle class, but my parents weren't super well educated in how like predatory lawyers can be. And it ended up being like practically like bankrupting my family. So like money got really tight. So I think that's when you think about like the kind of like the hustler coming out was in that phase because I was like oh shit alright if I want $20 to like eat this weekend meaning like eat out with friends or I, there was food on the table like I'm not going to sell like this was some crazy story but if I wanted to you know get things that I couldn't normally have it was like I just have to go get them so I, I started working at like 15 and was al always had a job or two until I was started my own business I was like at 16 I started working at like a law firm yeah I finessed this job with my best one of my best friend's parents working at this law firm and it was actually like a super telling moment I think a, a strong 
reason why I'm so like opposed to like any like traditional structure is that I worked at this law firm and everybody was miserable. Like it was a depressing place. Like I'm not even kidding, but this dude, I, I can't even like, you can't even make this up. Like I remember I like walked into his office one day to like deliver some papers and he was literally passed out with plastic bottle vodka, <laughs> like a little like flask like, right next to his desk. And it was just kind of, you don't even know what to do at that point. Right. So it was kind of like, I think I started relating like job and depression. So Marcel set out to find something that could make him a little extra cash, but didn't make him want to drown his sorrows in $10 vodka. I think we should just play into this whole theme of finessing things. <laughs> Somewhere in high school, I um, started realizing like how big of a market there were for these super crazy shoes, like Yeezys or like whatever. All the hype beast. All the hype beast stuff. And I had found this really low-key Chinese website that sold a ton of forgeries. And I figured out that there was a handful of sneakers that were really, really hard to distinguish between like the real and the fakes so i started it's like kind of hard to even call it a business but i would sell like pretty much like fake sneakers on ebay and it made me like a little bit of money marcel was done with a frivolous and shallow lifestyle with his energy and zeal for finessing marcel had the momentum he needed to pursue his academic goals and forge his own path Following the advice of a friend's older sister, Marcel decided to go to community college for two years before transferring into a more rigorous school. With the knowledge of e-commerce and hypebeast culture, Marcel applied his budding entrepreneurial spirit to a bigger project, which was selling iPhone cases online through a company of his own creation nude case so i was literally just looking for a new phone case and i just i've always hated like otter boxes and i wanted this like super thin case and there was a company called peel that was selling these like, super super thin cases and they were like 30 bucks and i remember just being like I bet they're just getting these from like some chinese supplier and having known a little bit about chinese suppliers from like researching about fake shoes i went on some of these websites a little research i found like a supplier on alibaba that was selling them for a quarter a piece and the minimum order was like 100 or 200 and it came out to the same price 30 bucks that the company was selling them for so i was like well i might as well just buy these and then i'll try and sell them and that was the start of nude case so i just bought these cases um i bought them in a bunch of different colors and i just made a website and um i was just like that was going to be my summer project over the course of the next couple months i just started trying to market these cases which ended up being like much harder task than i thought and at first i remember just spending a shit ton of money on like google ads and literally making no money and that was the start. <laughs> These first minor setbacks didn't stand in Marcel's way. He saw the pursuit of nude case as a learning experience that allowed him to get his hands dirty in the world of entrepreneurship. He was determined to succeed. I had pretty much allocated, I want to say it was like $1,500. And I was like, I'm going to spend this money and pretty much like claim it as lost. If if I lose it, like whatever, it, it's like taking a business class is the way I saw it. And I was down to like my last 100 bucks. And I was like, fuck, this is going to fail. And at the time I was reading this book, 4-Hour Workweek by Tim Ferriss, and um he, I, I, this one chapter, he starts talking about look into the world and see what ads work on you. And the next day I was like on Facebook and there was this business insider video and it was for this like little fidget cube. And I remember looking at it and I was like, holy shit, this is a fucking ad. It just looked like a cool informational video, but this was totally an ad for this product. So I was like, oh, this, this worked on me. Let me try and do this. And at the same time, I had these really strong screen protectors. The crazy thing was you could put a hand to these on your phone 
and it wouldn't shatter your screen. And the imagery was super powerful. So pretty much put together this video of me just chucking my phone on the ground, hammering it, and then just like showing off how sleek the case was. And I posted it on Facebook. And I remember like after like a day, it had a couple hundred views, a few likes, a few comments. And I checked my, my Squarespace and there was a sale. And I was like, I need to get this in front of more people. So I learned Facebook ads and started spending like 10 bucks a day. And then I'd be making like 20 or 30. And then over the course of the next like two months, I scaled the business from like zero to $10,000 a month in revenue. It felt like it happened so quickly. There was very little time between like starting your site and then like selling and making it happen. I was just like, oh, I just must be like the greatest entrepreneur of all time. I just assumed that the business was just going to keep growing exponentially. I go from zero to 10. I'm going to go to 10 to 100. And, you know, I just kept thinking it was going to go up, up, up. Sadly, Nude Case did not go up, up, up. What Marcel failed to realize was that his business was riding on the wave of Q4, otherwise known as the holiday season. With every American frantically shopping, he put all his money in the business in hopes of it really taking off. But then... In December, I take every cent in my bank account, my personal account, my business account, and I reinvest and buy like four different types of cases, different colors, and then I spend a bunch of money on like really professional looking creative. I'm feeling like a baller. And January hits and I'm like, this is when it's about to go down. I'm going to quadruple my revenue this month. And I start running ads on all these new products and just like the sales are just like pretty like mellow and I'm like what and I like start spending more money and it's like nothing now I'm losing money and I started getting worried because I had no more money I I got to a point where I kind of burned out I was working all night not sleeping and I knew in that moment that like something had to change and I got really worried so I pretty much spent the next six months really diving into the business just fixing it so that it had like a basic foundation and then pretty much got it to the point where it was autonomous but it wasn't bringing in the profit that it was before but at that time I was depressed because I was like thought I was like about to be like a multi-millionaire at 20 years old. Marcel knew something had to change and although he was burnt out and disappointed about not reaching millionaire status by 20 he put himself to work scaling back the business and curbing his expectations. Although Nude Case wasn't as successful as Marcel dreamed it would be, it was still making him a little extra cash. Regardless, this first failure did not suppress his initiative. But getting hit knocked down is such a powerful lesson because you physically have to pick yourself back up. And that process is just kind of about like meditation is what meditation is taking your distracted thought and like bringing it back to your breath. Right. And I think that's the same thing with a failure is just like you have to pick yourself back up. So I think the, the failures are super important. Like I think people are always like fail, fail, fail. I'm like, no, like success is great. <laughs> like like yeah. succeed. But yeah, the, the, it's a great lesson. And I think that's like the only way that you can look at it without being like depressed. Now, remember, Marcel was still in school at this time. As burnt out as he was from his first true business endeavor, Marcel was a full-time student, and he had to push through. Luckily, his work paid off, and after two years at Pierce College, Marcel transferred into UCLA. Marcel was still hungry for success, and even though he was dealing with the difficulties of being a transfer student, he couldn't get entrepreneurship off his mind. And then I think part of that was also realizing some of the like structural difficulties about the business. One of the things was that phone cases isn't something that people really like buy over and over again. I had no differentiation. So I had 
all this competition. And I think I was also immature. I was I started working with a partner, a guy who's insanely bright and super successful. And I think I was just too immature to really take the necessary steps to take the business to the next level. So that was all to say, I, I pretty much got put in a point where I really wanted to do something creative. And I don't know why I just started thinking about pancakes. <laughs> you were probably a little hungry. You were yeah, burnt I was, out. <laughs> I was a little hungry. Pancakes weren't the only thing on his mind. Marcel couldn't stop thinking about where he had gone wrong with Nude Case. He realized that he wanted a product that was highly differentiated, that was actually better than things on the market, and people would buy every single month. Earlier that year, he and his friend were in the midst of a health kick and were sick of the typical bland protein fixes of egg whites, protein powder, and other cardboard-like foods. So when they discovered a recipe for protein pancakes, they became obsessed. They spent every morning perfecting the ultimate protein pancake recipe until they felt confident enough to try selling it. I remember like one day we went to our gym and like tried to sell it to people at our gym and people thought we were fucking nuts. <laughs> they were like, get away from me. So we shelved that idea pretty quickly. But then when I'm like looking for this new product, I was like, wait a second, I have a product. So I talked to my buddy and we, I pr we pretty much settled that we thought it was a cool idea and then we should try it again. And now I had a little bit of entrepreneurship know-how and I was like, okay, I know how to do this right. So I sort of like observing different marketplaces. I was like, oh, we could maybe like launch this in farmer's markets or maybe we could go to grocery stores. But at the time I had a buddy that was doing stuff on Amazon and he seemed to be doing pretty well. And I was like, hey, maybe this is a marketplace because there's like this, all this legitimacy in Amazon. It's still e-commerce, which I know. So over the course of the, like the next two months, I was just like trying to figure out how to get a food product on Amazon. And I ended up doing some major finessing <laughs> <laughs> and finessing he did but what marcel didn't know before going in was that amazon required very specific documents that said his facilities had to be approved by the fda i didn't have a facility <laughs> nor did i have anything other than an apartment <laughs> right so i was like what are we gonna do and i had found this bakery that was down for me to rent it out and make the mix in which was great but i still needed this fda requirement and there was no way i would call them and like see if there's any way around it there was no way so what I ended up doing was getting in touch with the FDA and pretty much posing like I owned the bakery. And then I, fi I filed all these papers pretty much trying to get this FDA certification for the product. <laughs> also for the bakery? And also for the bakery. And I remember we had filled out all these forms and the guy that I was working with at the time thought it was a good idea to put the bakery's actual email on the form. So find out and I'm like, dude, we're screwed. They're gonna get this email. They're gonna think who the fuck are these kids? We, hadn't, we still hadn't manufactured anything in their facility. So all we knew was they were cool with two college students going in there and making some protein pancake mix. Like, <laughs> and we were thought we were already walking on thin ice. We thought at any moment they were going to discover that like who we were. And I remember I get this email from the owner of the bakery. And the woman's like, hey, I just got something from the FDA saying that we're registered. I just wanted to say thank you so much <laughs> to do this. And I was like, you're welcome. Of course. <laughs> That's what we were doing. <laughs> we weren't trying to go behind your back. And with these documents, they were off. Over the course of the next two weeks and a lot of calls to Amazon, they were finally approved and Foros Nutrition Mix was officially up for sale. While he was familiar with the e-commerce game from Nude Case and his high school hypebeast business, Amazon was a whole new ballpark. And he had to work hard to figure out the ins and outs of how to succeed on the platform. The big game on Amazon is ranking for keywords. And for whatever reason, we just could not show up. If you looked up protein pancake mix, we wouldn't come up to like page like 24. So 
no one was finding us organically. But luckily, Instagram was still in this place where there was some kind of organic reach. So I just started posting pictures on Instagram of just like really savage pancakes. And I would just, you know, hit up random people and like influencers or like little people in the space and just like send them product. And slowly but surely, people would just check out the product. And the cool thing was people actually really liked it. And I remember like two weeks in, this random dude just like posted a picture of our product. I still remember him when we like launched our new packaging like a year later. I like shot him a bag and I was like, hey, dude, like, I don't know if you know this, but you were like our first real customer. Marcel's utilization of social media as a tool for getting customers gave the product a great kickstart. And by June, sales were beginning to really pick up. That summer, when we launched Foros, I was leaving for Paris to study abroad. I was going to leave early to go travel for a little bit. So the product started picking up in like June. And I was like, oh shit, I'm going to be gone for six months. What do I do? So I quickly like recruited every friend that would pick up the phone. And like we ordered just like a shit ton of ingredients. And then we just stayed in that bakery for like two days straight and just made as much mix as we could. And we sent it all to Amazon. And then over the course of the time that I was in Paris, was when the business actually started taking off. And some people ask us why our mix is so expensive because we, we sell we sell each bag for about 20 bucks. And it's because when I was in Paris, it was like $9.99, which I, th- I thought was like a really fair price. But sales started picking up and it was quickly very clear that we were going to run out of inventory. And I was like, well, if we run out of inventory, we might lose our rank on Amazon. So you have to keep stock on Amazon or you're screwed. So I start raising the price. At first it was like $13 and I was like, oh fuck, like no one's going to buy. People are still buying. I raised it to $15. I was like, there's no way anybody's paying $15 for this mix. People were buying even more. I raised it all the way to $20 and there was just enough demand at $20 that there was a 10 that I was like, all right, I found my price. Forest Nutrition's success exceeded Marcel's expectations. After getting back from Paris and selling out on Amazon, Marcel was fired up, and he used that fire to move the business forward. At the end of his senior year, with a degree fresh under his belt, Marcel managed to get Forest Nutrition into the prestigious summer accelerator at Startup UCLA. It's kind of been a ride since. With all this momentum, we were curious to see what type of future Marcel sees for Forrest. Where do you see Forrest going from here then? It's interesting because I asked myself that way too much. Right now, we're kind of in a space where consumer packaged goods is super hot. It's really started with our X-Bar. Our X-Bar started 2012 or 2013. And within four years, they sold for $600 million. And that changed everything. When people started seeing that there could be like tech like style exits in the food space, it became the gold rush. And I don't know if you guys have been in a Whole Foods or an Air One recently, but everybody is starting a consumer packaged goods company. So the cool thing about that is there's a lot of money in the space. And what I mean by money is like investment and people that are just trying to get involved. But on the other hand, you know, that all comes with a price. It comes with a trade-off of my ownership in the company and not only by ownership, by equity and percentage, but my day-to-day, what I have to say and what I want the company to look like. So the future of force is kind of undecided because I'm not yet sure what direction I want to take. If I want to keep it smaller and more sustainable and maybe grow it over the next 10 years as something that I really see within my own image or begin partnering up with people that can help us experience really fast and high growth. It's also hard to say if we're going to, you know, transition more towards the, the traditional pancake consumer, which is moms and dads 
and kids or if we're going to stay in this kind of millennial fitness audience that that has really embraced us so far. So it's 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 hard to say. I wish I had a more definitive answer. But one thing we're definitely going to be doing is selling some pancake mix. At 22, Marcel has explored entrepreneurship more thoroughly than many his age and many much older. While entrepreneurship has been a crucial part of his life, he doesn't really see himself as an entrepreneur. I kind of hate the word entrepreneur, or at least the way that the people that have really like adopted it, every person that sells like a fucking course or is like a digital marketer, you know, just slaps this label of being an entrepreneur. And I think it gets becomes related with driving a fast car, or you know, having a huge house or like hanging out with models and all this. But obviously, like the reality of entrepreneurship is, is very different. It's it's like actually like sacrificing the salary that you could make anywhere else for making no money and working twice as hard for a lot of times just more headache it's not fun and i think after you get past the honeymoon phase it becomes really stressful and i think it can be a really lonely process and it can be it's really a mental challenge i think being a young entrepreneur is just being someone who's passionate about something that other people probably aren't and pursuing that without really thinking about anyone else protein pancake mix is not something that's super sexy and i can't tell you how many times i'll like have a conversation with someone and it's like I say like oh yeah I'm like pursuing this company like oh we sell pancake mix and like I literally get laughed at like on a regular basis and it doesn't feel super great and it's hard to be like oh no like I'm actually doing something really cool and like this is something I'm really passionate about. Marcel says at times entrepreneurship can be painful so we were curious to discover what is it about business that makes all the hardships and failures worth it? For me personally, it's literally just to prove to myself that I can do it at this point. When I set out on this, it was a lot more about being creative, putting a product, something that came from me out into the world and impacting people's lives. If you sell something that that's good, like you do that pretty quickly. You know, we had a woman leave a, a review and she told us that she lost 10 pounds and we like called her up and she told us how much she loved our product. This was like an awesome moment. Like, but after you get that, you kind of like check that box and you're like, okay, yeah, cool. Then you get that like validation that you're like doing it. And so when once you have all those things that kind of like get checked off, then it's just like, you're just left with yourself. And you're like, why am I actually doing it? And I think that's why there are so many value-driven entrepreneurs who are like, my product is changing people's lives. And my mission is to get this in the hands of as many people as I possibly can because I know how much it'll impact them. And I get why they have to have that mentality because if not, it's just you, right? For me, like at this point, in a weird way, I'm infatuated with my product. And it's not even that I like use it that much anymore, but I do love it. When I haven't had it in a while and then I have it, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is good. (laughs) (laughs) Your baby. Yeah, it's really my baby. And I think the idea of not seeing this through is more painful than a sleepless night or a day where all you get is people complaining or really funny. It like comes down to it being more painful not doing it than doing it. One could say Marcel hopes to reinvent what it means to be an entrepreneur. He thinks it's more like if you got into, let's say, music and you're like, oh, I'm getting into music because I want to be a millionaire. People will probably be like, dude, you're stupid. Most musicians don't make any money. And I think that's kind of the way that I would want people to look at entrepreneurship. Because if you look at most people who are entrepreneurs, a lot of them are, are successful. But you don't think of all the mom and pop stores and like the restaurants that are barely getting by. And I think if you look at what entrepreneurship is, is it's it's a lot more that and there's a lot more failures and there are success 
successes. I didn't even talk about the three other businesses that I launched in the interim that absolutely just failed. I actually so don't self-identify with being an entrepreneur. I think of myself more as like a creative person. Would you call yourself a struggling artist? Yeah, kind of. Like That's how I feel for sure. Yeah, I think I would want people to see entrepreneurship more as like being an athlete or or being a musician than like being a business person because you can go work at Goldman Sachs and make $200,000 you know two years out of college if you work as hard as any entrepreneur does so if you want money do that but if you really have something that you feel like you need to put out into the world then give entrepreneurship a try that was Marcel Salapa founder of Force Nutrition. Marcel made me a lot more excited about pancakes than I had ever been. There's something captivating about his energy that makes you want to lean in and listen a little harder and be a part of what he's creating. This intoxicating energy and passion shows that this, this is not just a project. This is his entire life. I see the struggling artists within Marcel and I also see the resilience. I think that the resilience is why I'm so excited to see what Marcel does next. Anyone can dream, but the world tends to be a pretty unforgiving place for dreamers. You not only have to dream big, but you have to constantly dream in the face of the whole world trying to smash it to pieces. His resilience definitely sets him apart. Be that skillfully handling the mess of his parents' divorce, bouncing back from academic mishaps, going through the grueling process of transferring into UCLA, or translating his failed businesses into learning experiences. Marcel is confident in himself and optimistic about the future in a way that is infectious. Just like he is unsure of the future of Foros Nutrition, we are unsure of the future of Marcel. After meeting with him, however, I have faith that his passion and zeal for life will bring him great success in whatever field he moves on to next. Okay, I'm really hungry. Let's get some pancakes. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs>